Hi, I'm David Kyes, and I run R for the Rest of Us. You may think of R as a tool for complex statistical analysis, but it's much more than that. From data visualization to efficient reporting to improving your workflow, R can do it all. On this podcast, I talk with people about how they use R in unique and creative ways. Join me and learn how R can help you. Well, I'm delighted to be joined today by Megan Harris. Megan is a data integration specialist at the Primary Care Research Institute at the University of Buffalo. There, she brings together data from multiple sources to create insights that benefit people affected by opioid use disorder. And when Megan's not creating slick data pipelines, she makes art using R, which she posts on Twitter at Megan S. Harris, and that's M-E-G-H-A-N-S. Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. Uh, Megan, thank you for being with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Super excited to talk about this today. Um, so Megan, just to learn a bit about you, when did you start using R? So the first time we're the successful time. <laughs> um, so the I very, the, sure. So the very first time I started using R was probably in the year 2019. Um, and that was because I had started a position as an evaluation associate. And um, there was a project that I inherited where someone had used it, but the someone was gone already. Um, and I was kind of just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> um, so what I found out, like what it was, me being as hard headed as I am, I'm just like, I'm going to make a shiny app without learning how to upload data into it or anything. So um, clearly I fail and I felt really rejected and dejected from our studios. So I kind of just took a few months off. Um, and then I had some downtime, I think, at the beginning of uh, 2020 in January. And that's when I kind of really was just like, OK, let's do this right. Let's actually like do piece by piece. So we can say 2019 or we can say 2020. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think your your experience is is actually pretty common. I I personally did a workshop in 2015 at the American Evaluation Association conference on making data viz with ggplot, but I had never used R before. And in retrospect, it was a terrible way to be introduced to to R because if you don't understand the fundamentals, making data viz and ggplot isn't going to mean anything to you. Yeah. Um, and it was only later when I went back and similarly said like, okay, I, I'm intrigued by this. Let me sit down and go through it step by step that mm -hmm. I actually started to figure it out. Um, I kind of have the same thing. And David, I don't know if you remember this, but you kind of aided in me kind of going back into this really, because I, I want to say I really took another look at it after I came back from the American Value Association uh, conference in 2019. So by that time, I had already been trying and like when I saw it flushed out, because I think your presentation was on our markdown, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. Um. So once it was like I saw someone else doing something, because you weren't the only one that was doing something in R, it was other people too. I got yeah. so like hyped and jazzed about it. I was just like, no, this is where I need to be at. So I kind of like used the inspiration from everyone's things at that conference and came back and kind of that's when I went full force and things just started to click for me. I, I don't know. That's all I can like describe it is just things just started to click. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you do kind of hit that moment and then things make sense. Yeah. And for me, what that feels like is 
even if I don't know how to do something, I know what I need to do to get right. to the point where I could right. understand it. Whereas before that, it's like, I don't know how to do anything and I don't know how to get to that point. Right. So. Exactly. Um, so I was going to ask you why you switched, but clearly I know the answer, which is you were kind of forced to um, and then wanted to. Uh, I'm curious what changed for you then when you actually did uh, start you know, really diving into R and, mm -hmm. and using it? Yeah. So what changed for me was the method. All right. Because when I first started trying to learn first, it was that I had this code that I completely did not understand. You know, I did not understand what was going on. Um, the person whose project I inherited, they were using it to do regressions and stuff, you know. So I, I was just like, oh, my gosh, what is this? So it was this piece of needing to understand this. But then it was also kind of like I felt like you said, I felt like I was forced to try to learn something to get this project out, you know, to um, the client. So what changed after I came back from that conference, I had a shift in mindset, honestly. And when people ask me this, they, they asked me, like, how did you get like started? Stuff like that. What I ended up had, what I ended up use, like use, what I used to do was I would literally be like, okay, here's the R for data science book. I'm going to read this cover to cover and have a, I, I used to have like a study schedule, you know, and it, I felt so just frustrated because I, it, nothing ever felt like it stuck. So what changed for me was just realizing, huh, I kind of work in this position where like my role's not really in data, but like I'm an evaluation associate. There's some aspect of data. You know, and there was some flexibility of like, oh, like I can do this evaluation report, but I had this this um, opportunity to clean some data or to do a visualization or something like that. So that's kind of where I was just like, okay, I have this data set. I need to clean it so that I can put it in Tableau. I learned how to do Tableau first before I learned R. So when it was kind of like breaking it down and like finally understanding like, okay, I don't need to read a book cover to cover because that just doesn't personally work for me. What I need is to understand what it is I'm trying to do. And then I'll go ahead and spend two weeks Googling how to do it. But at the end of the two weeks, I will have done it. So that's kind of like, it was just like a loop of like constantly new things I need to Google for a few weeks to figure out to do my job. And then it ended up being like, oh, I, I made a GGPlot before. I've got to do that again. Oh, okay. I, I've cleaned this. I got to do this again. Um, and that's where things just kind of started sticking for me, just having to do it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know I've talked to a lot of people who said, you know, they tried to take a really similar approach. Like, let me read R for data science, you know, front cover to back cover. And it's hard because even if you read it and it makes sense while you're reading it, when you then go into our studio yourself and you're trying to work, it just it doesn't quite click until you're actually doing you're something here. in context. So I think that was that was really smart. Um, so that was when you were um, doing you were working as an evaluation associate mm -hmm. at a, in a different job. Yep. You then moved to a position uh, at the University of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Can you just give kind of an overview of what your job is there? What what types of things you do yeah. and how you use R? Yes. So I have been able to completely create entire pipelines for like a, my local department of um, uh, opioid. We have like for our local government, like health department, we have an opioid department. So um, when they created the position, I don't think they really intended someone to kind of come in and like do programming. Um, it was just a basic data 
I don't want to say analysis because data analysis and um, analysts are not basic, but it was kind of like the posting itself was really vague. You know, there wasn't really a lot of like, oh, you should have like this experience because um, what I found out the hard way was that there really wasn't any structure there. <laughs> there wasn't any structure. So basically what happened was that I had my interviews, showed them examples of like, you know, processing and analyses I've done in R. Um, and when I did the interviews is like no one really understood, you know, I can tell no one really understood like how powerful like the R language was. All they knew was that I knew how to do something that they didn't know how to do. And it sounded like a good fit. So they hired me. So I always say, like, I totally got lucky. I mean, not to discredit the work that I've done to get there being self-taught, but like, I got lucky. So basically, I came in and they're just like, okay, here's the data. Go. That's it. So <laughs> um, so I had to end up starting to, like, piece together this pipeline. And it took a long time. I mean, I was uh, in this position. It'll be two years um, in a few weeks, actually. Um, where I kind of just came in, started doing like these data landscapes of like, okay, where is all this data coming from? Because that's essentially what it is. So I am a person that wrangles all of this data from different sources, whether it is our local police departments, whether it is surveys that the Department of Health created themselves, whether it's census data, it doesn't matter. I'm pulling it in and making it in a centralized location. So what ended up happening through the years was that they needed all these different deliverables. So we have um, pipelines that go from R into like Tableau. Um, we have ones that go into shiny dashboards. Um, a part of that one is like an example of the one that I uploaded for you to review, uh, where we kind of had this modularized set of pipelines just doing a whole bunch of stuff to give one output. Um, so I think in a nutshell, that's that kind of embodies everything. I mean, there's a lot packed into that. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it does seem like data integration uh, specialist is a, is a good, <laughs> good title for the types of things you're doing. Definitely. Um, so the reason we're talking today, the reason I reached out to you, or, well, you shared with me that you had um, done some work where you brought data in uh, um, using Google Forms. Is that right? Yep. Then, Google Sheets. Yep. Yeah. It, it, and was it a survey done with Google Forms that then went to Google Sheets. So what, can you kind of explain, I guess, the pro, the, the overall um, process, like what what the project was? And obviously, we're not going to talk about the, the that specific project because it has private data mm -hmm. that we're not going to, that we can't go into. Right. But we'll talk about it in the context um, of another example you shared with me. But so maybe to start out, this is a very long-winded question, very long-winded mm -hmm. way of me asking you, if you can just give an overview of what the workflow um, of this example project you shared with me looks like. Sure. So, I mean, in the actual work that I've done with, you know, UB or with the county, basically what it was was that we had people that were going to Google Forms themselves and enter, entering data, um, answering our survey questions. So whether you use Google Forms or whether you have it just, data just being entered manually into Google Spreadsheets, the flow was kind of the same. Because when you use Google Forms, I believe you have that option. I'm not sure if that does that automatically, but in my experience, and whenever I have Google Forms data, it's always getting exported into a Google Spreadsheet. Um, so basically, 
what was what I was tasked with was just like, oh, okay, we have like a lot of survey data that's just kind of sitting there in Google Forms. Um, do something with it. So for the project that I unfortunately can't share, um, but I can give like a high level of what happened was that, okay, we had like hundreds of old Google Form data and we needed to put it into some kind of PDF report. Um, so that's where I kind of started getting this pipeline idea of like, having these different sections of like, okay, this is the data coming in. Um, this is how I can check to see if there's differences or new data and just a kind of a stepwise process of what was needed for whatever. So if I need visuals, I have a script for that. If I need um, processing or cleaning, I have one for that. So it just really was dependent on what was in front of me at the time. Yeah. And I think like the piece that I'm, you know, most interested in for, for this conversation is that that way that you used R to connect directly to Google Sheets. Mm -hmm. um, and so if other people have worked with Google Sheets, I mean, if you, of course you can, like a lot of people do analysis in Google Sheets. So right. they'll have their data, their raw data maybe, and then they have a separate tab where they're doing their analysis or whatever, making pivot tables. I don't know, because um, that's not my world. I don't know exactly what you would do, but okay. I have a, a broad sense. Um, other people might like download the data from Google Sheets and say work with it in Excel or something mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. or or even work with it in R. But you actually used uh, a package Google Sheets for mm -hmm. that connected directly to Google Sheets. Can you talk about um, how you did like what that package does, how and kind of how it works, and what the main advantages to using it are? Sure. So. To my understanding, because I've honestly only used Google Sheets 4 for this purpose, I've been meaning to take the time to sit and just like, because there's so much more you can do, like interacting with um, the Google console and platform through R with it. But for the purpose of this project, um, what it's used for is to kind of like make this API connection between your R console and the um, Google server. So when you try to run it, the first time so like you know you have to install it you know your standard you know how you got to use your packages in R so after you've done that when you go to use it the first time um it's going to kind of go through this authentication process where you whatever internet browser you use Chrome Firefox whatever it'll pop up and it'll be like hey like R is trying to break into your Google stuff like are you cool with this um so then you go ahead and you'll log in and Thankfully, that'll be the only time that you have to do that. Um, but after that, at any time you run it, you just have to confirm that like, oh, hey, we had this email just saved from last time. Do you want to use it? Yes. So in doing that or the advantage of doing that is for multiple reasons, depending on like what's going on. Right. So if you are working, for example, like on a team, because um, for me, I'm the only person kind of working in this department right now. But there's going to be a point in where I'm going to have to transfer things or I'm going to have to pass them along. Um, so for people that don't know R but like are interested in learning, what I've been realizing is that people get really scared when they have to deal with the directories. And I know because I used to be one of those people. So you definitely, totally can, um, you know, go to Google Sheets and download a CSV or whatever. You can do that. Um, but taking the time to kind of set up that authentication process with Google Sheets 4 kind of takes that step out. Because um, if you have a situation where multiple people can 
edit and add data to, which is my situation at my job. <laughs> at my job, I have like a, um, there is one account that is shared by many people and it drives me insane. That is not the best practice, but that's what it is. Um, because there's so much uncertainty that can happen, so many changes that can happen. It's really good to be able to pull it from the source um, because you can have a saved file somewhere locally on your computer, think that it's updated and it's fine. But if you literally forgot to re-download it, then you're not updating it. So while you can totally do it without it, it's probably really good that you do. I feel like it maintains some type of integrity as well. Um, so you can keep tabs of what's going on in your data. Um, so I hope I hope I yeah. answered the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that's that's helpful just thinking about the idea, especially in a situation where multiple people are potentially editing. You don't know the, you know, like say you're doing a survey like you were for this uh, in this example. You don't know if more people have submitted the survey yeah. since the last time you ran your code. Mm -hmm. So. What, if I heard you correctly, it sounds like what you were saying is one of the advantages is you can always be sure that you're getting the most up-to-date data mm -hmm. because your R code pulls it in directly from Google Sheets yep. as opposed to a manual step of you going onto Google Sheets, hitting the you know file, download, and then working with it. Absolutely. Um, and that's, I mean, you talked about an API connection. For folks who aren't familiar, that's just it, it, basically an interface that allows one program to interact with another, in this case, our, our studio to interact, uh, or R, I guess, to interact with um, Google Sheets right. to make that that possible. Um, I, I'm just curious. So I asked about advantages to using to, to this type of workflow. Mm -hmm. Do you see any disadvantages? Any any negatives that you've ever encountered? Yeah, um, I've definitely encountered, I mean, with this little example, one, not so much, but like, my bigger one, um, the disadvantages, I think, is not related to the use of the package itself. It's honestly like an organization department thing of like, why do we have eight people on one Google account making changes? Um, usually it's been pretty solid. I think there might have been oh, like a, a, a rare, rare time where like something did not co connect properly with the API. Um, and I, I don't remember if it was because like I was sending the query to my, like I was like running the code back to back to back because like I was trying to debug something. Um, that's when I kind of like started adding like these little different, um, things in the code is kind of like, well, why is that there? And it's like to make, to make it pause so that we don't lock ourselves out. <laughs> um, or to check for things, I, I realized like I had to debug a lot. And like when you're constantly pulling, 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 like that's why I have um, in the code, I know we're going to get into it, but there is, um, well, for this example, a really basic data validation of like, oh, the, the number of rows in the data changed since we last pulled it. Um, so something like that will be like, okay, if it's, you know, it'll, it'll, I think for this one, I had it, I had it be that oh, if it's math is the same, like it doesn't have to go through a processing script or something like that. But you can change it to make it so that it won't like keep calling from it if like you have what you need in the session already. Um, honestly, I think right. that was the only issue I've ever had. Honestly, I I personally just have not ran into any issues doing it this way yet. 
Um, good to know. Um, all right. Well, Megan, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. If people want to connect with you, where would be the best place to best do that? Best place is probably Twitter. Um, at my handle, it's my first name. It's at M-E-G-H-A-N-S-H-A-R-R-I-S. That's my full name, Megan S. Harris. Um, I am also on LinkedIn as well. I believe that name is just my first name and last name. So M-E-G-H-A-N, little dash, and Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. Super. Well, thanks again, Megan. I appreciate you talking with me. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks again for listening. I hope you found this conversation interesting. Uh, If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it. David at rfortherestofus.com. Thanks.